Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Comeback Podcast with me, Mark Jennison. And this week, we got the hitman, Anthony Camacho. Anthony, what's happening, man? Oh, man, I'm just enjoying life, enjoying this amazing morning, having coffee with my fat bag. There you go. You're out there in the uh, 714 in Southern California, huh? Where where you live? Uh, I live in the Chino Hills area. Okay. I know, I know where Chino Hills is. I spent um, my 20s actually out in Corona, Riverside. Um, yeah, so I, w- I was working at Pro Circuit right off the 91 freeway on the race team. I was a big motocross dude, and that was, uh, that was my previous life before I came into this stuff. So I'm super familiar with, with the area down there. Spent a lot of, a lot of good times there. So, Anthony, give me your background rundown and tell me about you, how uh, the top producer factory get. Like, t- go, let's just, just go out there, man. How did this come to where you're at today? Well, before I get into that, I just want to thank you, Mr. Jensen, for uh, giving me this opportunity to be on your podcast. Um, you're definitely a role model, a leader out in the field and in our industry, so I'm humbled, and uh, I just want to say thank you for considering me to be on your show. Absolutely. Sorry it took so long. We've been, I've been having a bunch of stuff. You've been on my radar for a while. Um, we're, we, just, uh, we just finally got connected, so I appreciate you being here, man. It means a bunch. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. So, um, what, what can I say? Um, I love sales. Yeah. Well, um, a lot of people, when they think about a sales guy, you know, they think uh, there's usually a bad connotation about what a sales guy is. But I love sales. I'm, I am the fifth guy. And um, one of my first jobs in sales was, I think this is where I learned a lot of my hard knocks and I learned a lot about people and human, human interaction and rejection was they used to sell door to door for the Catholic mortuary service selling oh, pots. Wow. <laughs> Dude, it was the hardest sell I've ever done in my life. So I would get people would like slam the door on my face and I was young. I was probably like like, you know, eighteen, nineteen, uh, go get a real job, go to school, you're sick, you're morbid, you know, like all these things I'm like you know, I would say, hello, my name is Anthony Conscious from the Catholic Mortuary Service. You know, like <laughs> you have to input it you have some time to talk today. Bam! I mean, there is, you're supposed to get like a certain amount of appointments for a day. Like, I didn't get any appointments ever. No. <laughs> so that was, your, that was your, your first sales job? Um, officially, yeah. Okay. But I've always had a knack for sales. Uh, when I was a kid in junior high, um, didn't have a lot of money. So um, I went to the 99 cent store and I would buy the, uh, the 10 pack of like Kit Kats and Snickers and Three Musketeers, and I would take them to school and I would sell them for 50 cents a piece. Perfect. Because when I were starving, I was starting like from class to class, so like, dude, I was making like, I was probably making like 20 bucks a week, like the <laughs> Selling <laughs> Kit so Kats. I, like, always love selling. Always love selling. So, um, so then, uh, so from that amazing failed job working for the Captain Morgan Fair Service, I, Went into, um, went into selling for a company, uh, Pepsi Cola, right? Okay. So I worked for a couple of years and then I got into, from there, <clears throat> I had a really good buddy of mine, a martial arts instructor of, uh, geez, at least 15 years, got me into the automotive uh, space for consulting on the service side and um, he gave me a shot, 22 years old, the youngest guy in, in, um, in the company. And I just ran with it. So from 22 
to 32, <clears throat> I've been doing consulting for, uh, for dealers on the service side. And um, <clears throat> I got the Hitman name from um, in my company, it had the highest closing ratio. In my company, I had the, the highest ratio of new products to market, um, bringing in new accounts. I did a ton of cold calling all the time. So when I went off to brush off my own, my own company at 32 and 36 now, <clears throat> I feel like I had a competitive advantage because I already knew how to call on dealers and talk to dealers, you know, and, and, and generate some business, you know, well over six figure earner um, over the last four years. Awesome. So did you, you never actually had to sell cars? You just did it on the service side? Yeah, I never sold cars in my life. I've never, I've never, um, I advertise myself as a car sales guy. Um, I am a sales performance coach. Okay. I work with dealerships. I've worked with um, real estate companies. I've worked with financial advisor companies. I've worked with insurance companies. I've worked with multi-million and billion dollar companies, not just in the car industry. Awesome. So I, I did not know that. I was not aware, and that's why I get to do these things, man. I get to learn a little bit about you. I was under the impression that you had sold cars, but it doesn't matter either way. You don't know how to sell. So, um, yeah. So tell me a little bit right now about like what's the what's the business look like? What, what's your business model? Is it going to dealerships? Because we're going to talk about cold calling on dealers here in a little bit. So, what's a typical week, month like for you? What, what do you do? Well, um, I have consistent yeah, clients. Clients that build them up. Oh, yeah. But on the days that I'm not doing sales training, I'm actually out there selling. And I think that's what a lot of sales professionals um, in many industries is where they kind of fall short. You know, they may have some existing clientele and they may be nurturing those clients, but they're not out there getting and generating new business. Okay. And so the other thing is you can't get discouraged because. Um, not everyone's going to say, yeah, oh yeah, I have to come on show. yeah, we know everything, nobody knows who I am, dude, you know, <laughs> I'm a soft big guy, you know, so it's kind of like, you know, I, I would always get, well, who do you compare yourself to? You know, I'm calling on dealerships, and I go, I don't compare myself to anybody, but the, the two big names, you know, the names that would come up would be like, do you compare yourself to Grant Cardone, do you compare yourself to Joe Birdie, do you compare yourself to Paul Cummings, and I'm like, honestly, my answer would be, I go, honestly, like, I don't compare myself to anybody. I go, I have a lot of respect for those gentlemen for what they've done in the industry. I said, but I'll tell you one thing. Everybody had to start off somewhere, you know, and I can guarantee you those guys had to start somewhere. They weren't just, boom, you know, up on, up on top of the hill. They had to start. They had a cold call. They had to go knock on doors. They had to get rejection. So, you know, I know I'm on the right path. Yeah, I, I get to ask the same questions all the time. Typically... What makes me different from Grant Cardone? That's what I get all the time. Man. So it's so I can understand your because uh, there's a lot of similarities in our in our past and stuff like that. So I can understand uh, where you're coming from there. So let's talk about cold calling right now. Like like you wanted to talk about um, going into dealers. Let's just talk about it overall uh, for the car guys are pretty are pretty much like my audience, right? So a lot of these dudes are afraid to pick up the phone. Like, or they don't do it, or they're going to do everything they can do to look busy, to not have to do the cold calls. Whether You know what I'm saying? Like, so what, what do you recommend? Let's get some advice, some practical takeaways that these guys could use. Well, it's always funny because, uh, you know, I, 
with with the car guys, you know, I got a lot of love and respect for all of them because, you know, I mean, here, sales is not easy on any level, but, you know, um, I try to give them encouragement in this way. It's like, look, you are at a dealership, okay? And you have people that are coming into the store. You have a database, right? And, there's, and, and your customers are actually looking to buy a vehicle. When I go out and sell, Nobody is looking for me. Nobody is uh, waiting for me. You know, I mean, I have to literally go out myself, cold, and build relationships. I don't have that warm market or lead generation that you guys do. So I try to like encourage them with that. You know, it's like, hey, dude, you know, sales. You know, you could be selling something a lot harder than you know, just calling somebody up and and saying hello on the phone. Yeah. Right. With um, with your typical with your typical just want to touch base thinking about my situation and your situation, you say you got a a cold market. So in Southern California, I know there's dealerships everywhere, right? So when when you're talking about your cold market, you're actually going to these guys that are watching that are afraid to pick up the phone of the leads that were provided. You're actually walking into a dealership where there's twenty, thirty, forty, ten. I don't know how many different salesmen who think they're the shit. And you're yeah. actually trying to sell yourself to a manager that probably thinks he's better than you, right? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. How does that you feel? Know, it's, it's funny because, you know, they, you know, they'll pound their chest and they, you know, they sell cars and lots of love, lots of respect. But, you know, it's like, dude, I sell to your boss, bro. You know, I sell to your boss. <laughs> I'm not selling to the average consumer that's on the street. I'm selling to GMs, the badass sales guys, the 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 best of the best of sales professionals, GMs, that's who I sell to, and that's who I close. But um, you have to be comfortable in your own skin. You have to be confident. You have to be confident who you are as a man or as a woman, as a professional, and you have to believe 1,000% that when you pick up that phone to call or when I walk into a dealer, they, I'm actually going to give and provide them a service. And one of the reasons why people don't want to pick up that phone is because they're not 100, they are not 100%, they're not sold on what they got. And so once they get that definement, that clarity, then they'll have more success. And the other thing is this, right? So a lot of people don't like to pick up the phone and, um, oh, I'm not good at, I'm not good at, you know, making phone calls. It's like, well, you're not going to be good at it if you never try it. Right? So you have to, like, you know, you look like you're a pretty big guy. You look like you look weight, right? Yeah. So you know, if you don't have to go to the gym and have constant, constant interaction at the gym, constant repetitions and challenge yourself. But let's just say you never went to the gym, you know, and it's just like, oh, I can't go to the gym. I can never lift. I can never get big. It's like, well, if you don't try, it's never going to happen. Same thing with the phone calls. So your confidence level, let's talk about that real quick. What, have you always been this confident? I mean, I believe confidence is a skill, something that can be developed, right? I believe that you can work on it over time. I mean, I've seen some dudes, like even as far as like picking up a chick, right? I mean, you gotta get confident to be able to pick up a chick. And you see, everybody sees that dude that's not that good looking, has got that amazing hot chick, right? And uh, he's probably one of the most confident people we ever met. So what did you do to build your confidence? You said you started at 22, you then went to 32, but you probably weren't always this confident. I know myself, I wasn't the same. Well, I might have been cocky at 22, but not yeah, confident, I, right? I cocky and then matured a little bit to confidence. Right. 
So what did you do to, uh, to help build some confidence in yourself? Um, okay. I believe 1,000%, 1,000% that you need to feel strong physically, okay? That's where it has to have that mental toughness to go to the gym every day and to go work out and be healthy and make your body strong so that your physical presence, your physical energy is strong. That's one. The second thing is um, have a strong spirituality and something, believe in something greater than yourself, right? So I have a very strong spirituality. Dude, I'm, I'm like the furthest perfect person in the world, you know, I'm, I'm a sinner, but I have a faith in God that's greater, that, that represents something greater than who I am. So you have to have uh, a spirituality. And the next thing is to build that confidence is you have to um, edu- you have to want to educate yourself. I read a lot of books. I've, I've read tons of sales books. I've um, I have actually spent fifty thousand dollars of my own money in personal and pre- in personal and professional development. You know, taking specific courses on sales, on leadership, on management on presentations, on speaking, on coaching, you know, on psychology, you know, on posting, on acting, because those are the things that I felt um, that I needed. So you actually, you, you know, you have to educate yourself. And then you have to be honest with what, what do I want to pursue that's going to make me better? So it's not just, just doing anything, it's doing what's congruent with who you are as a, as a person, you know? So that, that, that contributed to my confidence. The other thing that contributes to my confidence is uh, being willing to fail, you know, being willing to go out there and make a mistake, you know, going out there calling on dealers, going out there making sales presentation, and it doesn't come out right. Or, you know, you um, being willing to, you have to be willing to fail. You have to be willing to get embarrassed. You have to be willing to, um, not saying the right things at times, but that's how you build that confidence because you made all those mistakes, then you learn from them, and then you become a badass. Right. And you become a hitman. <laughs> <laughs> you become the hitman. So, so what you just listed down, were those the actual pillars? Because that's what I wanted to go to next. I don't have my phone. It's over here. But um, you said yeah. there's certain pillars that you like to live your life by and you believe you lead with and they're ingrained into your salesmanship as who you are, correct? Correct. Okay. What, so the- yeah, those those pillars are professional, have professional success, have financial success, have physical success, have spiritual success, right? And have mental toughness. So those are the things that we constantly need to work on. And internally, there's different levels. There's different levels of all of those things. All of those things, personal, professional, spiritual, financial, physical. And I think by focusing on those things, that's what makes life. That's what makes life fun. That's what makes life challenging. Where you, if you're not trying to build on those pillars and those levels, and you just become complacent, then life is is dull. And the same, I'll correlate that to work. So you have sales professionals that um, they just go to work, dude. They, they don't challenge themselves. They, they're not trying to elevate their game. They're not trying to elevate their mindset. You know, they're not trying to elevate their physical appearance. You know, it's just like, 
I go to work and it's a job. You know, and I asked him, are you, did you create an environment where it's just a job or, or is it a career, you know, where you want to invest? If it's just a job, you're just a regular clock in, clock out kind of guy, check in, check out kind of guy. That's, that's a horrible life to live. You have to want to, your job, your profession should be part of who you are and it should bring you happiness. It should bring you happiness to be a sales professional, to sell a car, to sell a house, like, that's the only way you're going to succeed, I believe, is if you truly love what you sell. I love that. What do you think about the current state of salesmen in the dealerships right now? A lot of order takers, a lot of... What, what do you think when the guys are out there watching this that want to buy my program or buy your black book or whatever we talk about here in a little bit? But what do you think the current state's like? And what advice can you give the dude that's sitting there, his ends aren't trying to meet, the end of the week's coming. We're about mid-month. He sold two cars. Wants to blow his brains out. What can that dude do to change his life? Well, I think you know as well as I know and as well as they know out there in this listing. There's all kinds of different personalities at the dealership, right? Absolutely. You got, you, you got the answers, you know, the guys that blame everything, you know, the guys that, you know, oh, scared me. He took my, he took my up, you know, um, I, I, I think probably one of the things that irritates me the most about working with sales professionals is when they don't want to take responsibility for who they are and for what needs to happen. You know, it's kind of like, um, oh, the dealer doesn't advertise right. Oh, no, you know, all the credit apps are bad. It's just like, dude, like, do you really want to live your day like that? Do you really want to live your week like that or your month like that coming from scarcity? That when you come from a mindset of scarcity, you're going to prophesy that to become a reality. You have to say to yourself, all right, the advertisement isn't that great. What can I do to think, of, think outside the box and make it better? Okay, you know, maybe I had 10 credit apps that came in that were crap. Well, guess what? That means I need to call 20 more. Right. You know, it, it, your success is dependent upon how well you solve problems. It's true. Not how you contribute to the problem, not how you become part of the problem, your success is dependent upon how well you solve problems. And, and um, I believe that there is enough to go around for every sales professional, I mean, for every sales trainer out there. Like, dude, I would buy, okay, for instance, me. Like, I'm a sales guy. Dude, I bought everybody's book. There's more, there's more than enough to go around for all the car guys. I would recommend that they buy Mark Jennison's program. I recommend that they buy Paul Cummings' program. I recommend that they buy my program because all it's going to do is just make you a badass. It's going to make right. you better. Don't, don't close your mind and say, oh, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a birdie guy. You know, it's like, dude, why would you want, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to sell yourself short? Buy everything. Learn everything. And learn sales outside of your industry. Right. Don't be like, you know, oh, I'm just the core guy. It's like, dude, learn different tactics from different people. Don't just pigeonhole yourself with this narrow mindset, you know, this is the way you sell cars. And it's like, come on, man. Be bigger and better than that. That brings to my next question. You said you spent over 30 grand in uh, self-development. Or 50 grand. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I spent more than that this year on uh, 
on cell development and what we do and you know between kevin my partner myself like we 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 built this company it looks great but we're building it back because we're trying to build an empire right so i believe the, the best way to do that is go find from other people and learn what they know and and just do my own thing right essentially but success leaves clues what do you tell those guys out there that don't want to like you just hit it like maybe someone should buy your stuff or my stuff and i was actually listening to something alan ram did last night he's that's the one thing that made sense he's like like this guy might not teach the same thing as me. That doesn't mean you shouldn't go buy him, right? I thought that was pretty oh, yeah. awesome. Like my thing is maybe uh, brand new. It's a little differently, right? We're completely different. So maybe what you get between the two of us works and you become a fucking badass, okay? But for the people that are afraid to pull the trigger on, on any self-development because they don't see it, how do you get them out of that rut? Like you're dealing with dealerships, you know, but it's the same. It's just, Some of those guys have the same mindset. Yeah, I mean, okay, well, here's the thing, right? We're all people. It doesn't matter what your profession is. You're still a person, and you have and, and some people have limiting beliefs, right? Limiting beliefs about themselves, about the world, about whatever. They have these limiting beliefs, right? And I think that stifles their success. That you know, you can't. Uh, if you want to be a great leader, if you want to be a great trainer. What I, what I really focus on is bringing awareness to people. So the main focus, if you want people to change, if you want your, your customers that you work with, you know, your clients at the dealer, Mark, if you want your, your guys to change, you have to bring a truth to them. You have to bring an awareness because you can't change anything until you're fully aware of what it's causing you or what you know, the damage it's causing or What's whatever it may be, something you're doing is holding you back. But I believe I really pride myself on bringing awareness to who I work with because they're not going to be sold on what I tell them. They're going to be sold on what's in their best interest. And if they don't know what their best interest is, then it doesn't matter what I tell them because they're not even they're not even there yet. So um, my my training has a lot to do with um, mindset, mental toughness. Um, awareness, uh, I'm making educated, I'm going to give you the tools and the awareness to make those decisions. Um, one of the things that I do with my sales professionals is I do a weekly sales challenge. And I created that because if you look at any industry, you know, some sales professionals, they don't start selling to the third and fourth week of the month, right? So the first, here's right. week one of April. Oh, no big deal, man. You know, it's just the beginning of the month. And then uh, you get then you get week two, right? So the what I formulated, weekly sales challenge, so you are challenge your, challenging yourself week by week. So therefore you are on your toes first week, second week, third week, fourth week, and you're trying to beat the week before, the weekly sales challenge. Right. And it implies in the industry, whether you sell whatever product, program, or service, you know. If we go into closing ratios, I'm really big on closing ratios because numbers don't lie. So I talk to a sales professional and I ask him, like, how many follow-up calls do you need to do to get an appointment? So I make him, you know, be aware of that. You need to make X amount of phone calls because it's going to create X amount of appointments. Those X amount of appointments are going to create an X amount of car deals, sales. Right. Because not every appointment is going to show up, not every appointment is going to buy. So you need to know what you're what your closing ratio is. And I think a lot of sales guys, they don't, uh, something that's what I've been burdens me a lot too. It's like, ask them, well, how many cars did you sell last week? I don't know. 
man. They know. You know, some of them don't, though. And they're like, hey, well, how many currency sales last week? Well, how much money did you make last week? Like, you should know these things, like, like right off the top, man. Why? Because this is your livelihood. This is, this isn't like, you know, you go to work. It's not, you know, it's not school time. It's not, it's not, you know, hanging out with your buddies. You know, it's not like, you right. know, hey, what's the hype? Hey, oh, we're, we're, we're going to go to brunch. Like, here, if you're, if you're, this, if you sell in, in any industry and your highlight of the day is where do you go out lunch? <laughs> <laughs> you should probably go get a job somewhere else. All right. What? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about self-development right now for you personally, right? What are you doing right now? What, what are you training on? What kind of books are you reading? What's, what are you doing to get yourself to the next level? Um, I'm focusing a lot on um, um, my spirituality with uh, connecting with the higher source. Um, I, you know, I try to make... Um, in-person frequent visits um, to the tabernacle. Um, it's it's within the Catholic Church. So I, I try to make physical appearance. Like, like, okay, we can talk to God anywhere. God is not in a church. He is not in a building. God is everywhere. He's in the class. And what grounds me, I, I fully believe 1,000% that only reason I can be able to be successful is because being connected it's being connected to the ultimate power source, which is God, which keeps you humble, which keeps you grounded, um, which keeps you focused, you know. And uh, I'm working on that right now spiritually. Um, I also really big into um, trying to be as physically fit as possible. So I go to the gym a lot. I go to the gym. I, I lift weights probably four or five days a week. Um, I do yoga. I do Bikram Pan yoga. Um, at least three or four times a week. Yoga's tough. <laughs> Dude, I love it, man. I love doing yoga. It's, uh, I've been doing it for three years. Uh, one of my success stories that I did, I did three back-to-back 30-day uh, challenges, which means you come in and you do yoga for, for 30 days, within 30 days. And I did three back-to-back, so for 90 days I did the, the challenges. Like, you feel like that's so important, man, to align, to align your mind your spirit your body like like to to, to push and maximize and it bump to the world and feels about you're a badass you know <laughs> you're a badass because you have everything you're striving it's not even about being perfect it's about you're striving to be better and when you go out into the world people can feel that people can set that your customers are going to be able to set that you know Absolutely. And uh, what books I'm reading, um, I'm reading this book, I just finished it, it's called Up um, in the Devil, pretty crazy book, and then I'm also reading this other book, um, like we have, so um, That's cool. this, I had to think different way, and, uh, I'm, I'm into this my mindset, you know, that's, that's the main thing, so physically, spiritually, and uh well, I'm going to go work on the downward dog then today. <laughs> All right. What's, uh, what's on the next uh, the next uh, 12 months for you, man? What's the rest of 2017 look like for you? What's on the plan? What are you going to do? Good. And, um, I'm not ready to do what it is. That's fine. But uh, 
people will find out soon enough. But my second book, uh, my second published book, be ready to go um, in May, and it's on sales um, leadership. You know, okay. The other book that I have is on uh, the little black book of sales, and it's 15 critical steps to unlock your room to you, you can get that on Amazon, best seller, and uh, started uh, a third book actually too. So hopefully, cool. my third book published and ready to go by summer. Awesome. So, Awesome. Well, we're yeah. gonna do. We're gonna let you do a plug in a minute. Do you have some questions over There's here? There's only one on here. What What do you got? Anything? Uh, it says, "Why does my boss and company not seem to place importance on training and motivation?" So this is a question a guy asked for you. Why does his boss not seem to place um, importance on training and motivation? I mean, I, I could answer it, but I wanted you to answer it. Why, why Why do you think his boss is not doesn't think it's important? What do you think the deal is there? Since we're talking about cold calling on dealerships, why doesn't he important? Because, well, sometimes you can approach things very, very simply. And um, maybe he needs to show his boss as a whole what the numbers are. You know, and maybe the numbers aren't that great. But if the numbers are great and, and they're making money, and of course, you say, well, we don't need that. We don't need that because our numbers are fine, right? Right. So you got, you got the guys like that, and then... You know, I think if you want to if you want to make a change with your boss, with your sales manager, you need to show him how he's losing money. You got to hit him in the pocketbook. If you can show him how he's losing money, or if you can show him that by doing some by by you wanting to do something is going to make him more money, then they'll buy. So I, I'm, that's the way I would. The, the answer that if I was, if you were interviewing me, I would have said, because I haven't met Mark Jennison, what's his name number? I'm going to call him right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how long we, how long we been going for? Um, About 20 minutes, know. 30 minutes. We're going to, we're going to, I'm going to wrap it up here because I got some other stuff I got to do. But what I want to do real quick is where can my, uh, my viewers, your viewers, we're going to share yeah, this. One more, oh, Just, one more question. Can you use your stuff in a small town, small community? Can you use Shannon. can you use your stuff in if I don't know if that's for me or you, but can you use your training in a small town, small community? What's your thoughts on that? I know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because what I teach is how to deal with people. You know, that's that's the whole thing. We're in the people business. You need to understand human psychology. Sales is human psychology. So it, just as long as they're not an alien, you know, in that small town, you know, no aliens in that small town, you know, then maybe it wouldn't be effective. But like, for instance, like Dale Carnegie, for instance, you got Dale Carnegie training. Dale Carnegie's training has been around for a hundred years. Yep. Now think about in a hundred years of time, um, what has evolved? Architecture, science has evolved, right? Um, medicine has evolved. Everything evolves. But his his training is timeless because it has to deal with people. And people even psychology isn't really gonna change. So if you can deal with people, you're gonna have the world in the center of your head. So like yeah, it. little big town, different country, it don't matter. I like that. I'm gonna answer mine on this when we get done, but where can we find uh, so Anthony, I really appreciate you coming here. It was awesome. 
Where can my guys find you? Where can these people um, that are that are new to you or, or whatever? We're going to put your stuff out on iTunes and Stitcher. Also, it'll be in these Facebook groups. We're going to cut some content and we'll get you a poster here to uh, or a picture to put it out next week. But where can my followers find you? Where can somebody get the little black book? Tell me about the black book. Give yourself a, a plug here. Thank you so much, sir. To get what it means to go through your show, a lot of respect for you. Um, you can go to Amazon and type in Anthony Camacho and the Little Black Book of Sales pop up. It will be, there's probably about 35 reviews of her, you know, about the majority of them are five stars. And you'll see, before you purchase the book, take my word for it, the reviews and see how much of, and see how badass that book is. Uh, where people can find me at, they can find me on social media, on Facebook, at the Camacho. You can find me on Instagram, Anthony Camacho, Anthony underscore underscore Camacho. You can find me on LinkedIn, where you can see a lot of my credentials uh, and certificates and courses on LinkedIn. And um, you can also find me on YouTube, uh, Anthony Camacho as well. There's, uh, you know, I, I don't just sell sales, I sell lifestyle. I love that. I mean, that's what I really want to. That's what I really want to contribute to the world. It's not just sales, but the whole way of life, man. The lifestyle. Awesome, Anthony. Thank you so much for being here, man. I appreciate it. Go and uh, crush it today, brother. All right, you too, sir. Thank All right, you so much. Take care. See ya.